listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here as well. What up? We are on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. We are waiting on, or do we have Shafe here, Shane? He's, he's here. He's logging in now. Logging he's in. in now. All right. We, uh, we will have Shafe here in just a second. You know, you, you asked that question about who I would jump off a bridge for, and the answer I wanted to give was going to come off as super cheesy, but I'll just give it now, is I wanted to say Matt Rule because if he asked me to jump off a bridge, it was probably for my own good. Like something was chasing me I didn't see or it was safe at the bottom and I didn't realize it. Uh, so that would have been my answer because I genuinely think he has like best interests for people held out. He's like, hey, it's actually deep. It's about 20 feet deep. Yeah, You're good. You'll be okay. Yeah, just like just don't belly flop. You'll be fine. Um but we've got Mike Schaefer joining us now from Husker 24-7. Schaefer, what's going on, man? Oh, not a lot. Just, you know, uh, continuing to not talk about last night's football game or last week's Sunday night football game or just football in general. I'm, I'm due for a good bye week here. Nobody that I uh, care about or have to cover is playing this weekend, and I'm going to just enjoy the fact that I am not tied or invested to any football game that could potentially end on a field goal after a bunch of no <laughs> offense for hours at a time. Shafe, is Kevin O'Connell a coach that you jump off a bridge for? Uh, depends on the week. I mean, it's really – I feel like you get <laughs> I thought you were a say really, depends really on the bridge. Well coach game, um, and then you, you show up and it's like, all right, they didn't throw the challenge flag on the Jordan Addison, what looked like a catch to me. It looked right like away, a catch right to me too. The, the, the bat and then you're really aggressive in the middle of the field most of the game and it gets to you just need one first down to effectively end this thing two runs right into the line of scrimmage against the uh, number one rush defense in the NFL over the last six weeks and a uh, backwards pass to Brandon Powell it's um you know and then a 22 yard punt it was great love watching football highly recommend watching football everybody do it you always are happy I mean, watch I mean, Shafe, though, okay, we're talking 22-yard punts. We've got four turnovers from the quarterback. You probably felt right at home like you're watching a Husker game. Yeah, it's been like this for the last year, <laughs> more or less. You know, just a lot of uh, – let's see, the the Vikings have six one-score losses in their six games this year. Sounds um, about right. That sounds perfect. familiar. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, you know. So, yeah. so Dobbs mania is over. Is that safe to we're, – we're, we're good there? I don't there? know. Like, so it's – it's definitely not the fever pitch that it was when he had to come back against the Falcons and then the big start against the Saints. Uh, I still think that there's ways that you can utilize him, but there's a very obvious reason why he wasn't a highly regarded quarterback and has bounced around from several teams. But it's it's you know it's also one of those things where if they have Justin Jefferson the last two weeks, you maybe don't lose by one point and two points. So it's really you know it's hard to say. Like give him the full complement of weapons. Maybe he's a little bit better. But, yeah, he's, he's a turnover-prone quarterback that uh, can be exciting and can be infuriating. And, um, you know, it it certainly 
I joked the other day that if he could just give his legs and his eyebrows to Kirk Cousins and we could just roll with that, that'd be a pretty unstoppable quarterback. <laughs> hey, Shafe, uh, well, speaking of quarterbacks, this, this is a great transition into something we were talking about earlier on in the show, development or portal? Because that's the question this coaching staff is going to have to answer because the easy answer would be development, knowing what we know about this staff, right, because of what they preach. But the problem with that is, you know, fans heard great things about Harburg and Purdy in the spring, and then uh, they, they preached that development. You saw that development, but then, you know, we got a little sense of what they offered in the fall, and it, no one was satisfied with that. So is it necessary to make a splash in the portal uh, for the Huskers to get to where they want to be? Well, I, I definitely think they have to find at least one quarterback in the portal. The interesting question is, can you use the portal to find a quarterback to develop um, that you want, that you know fits what you ultimately would like to do? And the thing is, there's going to be a lot of freshmen, sophomores available in the portal, but they could be guys that don't have a lot of playing reps. How comfortable are you reevaluating their high school film, uh, going off a of practice film they might have, or spring game film? and utilizing that or does nebraska need to take two quarterbacks and one of them is a veteran that could step in right away but maybe spent last year at a group of five or an fcs and is looking for an opportunity to move up and isn't someone that can't be unseated but maybe just gets the job to start with because he's steady and then your younger guy could come through and take the job or chubba could take the job or heinrich or whomever um there's lots of different ways that this can go and a lot of i think this week is just going to be keeping an eye on who goes into the portal and then what sort of fit that would be for Nebraska. Um, you know, when the, when you sort of look at it, I mean, I, I look at a guy, um, the Michigan state quarterback that just went in. If Nebraska had that version of a quarterback for six games this year, they probably go two and four in those six games or, you know, if you use the five games that they've lost, they maybe go two and three in those. And we're talking about a seven and five team that's bowling. Is is uh is it is it Caitlin Hauser or I yeah Hauser? How uh -huh. exactly. Yeah. Well, they also but, lost what what Levitt leave it. I, I think. Oh, did he, he go yeah, in he, too? He went in too, yeah. which makes Michigan State's you know whole thing even more interesting because they just got a new head coach in Jonathan Smith. So are these two guys right. just like, hey, I guess I'm screwed, or is it, hey, I don't want to play for you? It, it could be a combination of, hey, I don't want to be in East Lansing anymore. Hey, I don't want to play for you. Hey, this isn't a program I signed up for. Or, hey, I just need a fresh start. Um, it could be all of those things. Mm -hmm. I the, the point I'm trying to make is that we watched Deacon Hill take Iowa to a 10-2 and record without having to play a whole lot of good quarterback uh, in that stretch. But you have to be competent, and Nebraska certainly had some competency issues. Uh, the, the biggest thing is, can they build a team where the quarterback doesn't have to be the focal point? That has not been the case for Nebraska football for how long? Like, they've desperately needed the quarterback to be the sun in this program every single year, and we don't have to see teams built like that uh, to have success in college football right now. Matt Rule hasn't built teams where it's all about the quarterback. So the other part of it, can you find a guy who can, you know, lift you up but doesn't have to be everything, and you can put enough talent around him? Do they have enough offensive talent? for whoever it is to be the quarterback to also be successful. I mean, these are, are fairly elementary questions, but they're ones that I think are kind of hard to answer. Right now, it would be hard for Matt Rule to look people in the face and say, yeah, we've got enough offensive talent for you to thrive without having to be a star. And that's a big thing. I mean, they've got some interesting freshmen, 
but you can't sit here and tell me if you're a quarterback and you're looking at the running back room and you're like, yeah, I'm excited about this. Or you're looking at the wide receiver room and you're like, okay, well, this guy has a bunch of long touchdown catches, but he has nine catches overall. Here's another <laughs> freshman with like six catches. Here's one with two. Um, here's Alex Bullock, you know, with 12 catches. Like there's just not there's not a lot of returning production for a quarterback to look at and be like, okay, this thing is built to be super successful. It just needs me here. So there's going to have to be a heck of a sales pitch. I'm I'm fascinated the type of quarterback, the background that that quarterback has, how many of them. Uh, but the offense isn't just going to be fixed simply because they get a quarterback either. Like there's there's some other issues that have to be figured out too. Shafe, uh, amongst those other issues, I think. You know, you'd probably like to get a little bit more production uh, in the door from the wide receiver room, I'd imagine, even even if you like the young guys and what they showed this year. I imagine the running back spot is another place where you'd like to see that as well. Uh, without a running back in the class now with the decommitment of Lacey a little while back, is, is there some guys that they're looking at that you're aware of in this 2024 class, or do you think they go – portal to try and find help at those skill spots i think they have a lot of options that they can go with obviously i believe it was devin riley uh that was just in this weekend boise state commit Uh, nebraska did not offer him and i don't get the sense that they're going to offer him uh there's a bit of a stalemate they mentioned that he could come back for an official visit i don't think he's going to come back for an official visit if he doesn't have an offer he really did like nebraska Mm -hmm. but he didn't get a meet with matt rule so it's hard to say that he's a priority sure it felt more like a cursory glance bring a kid in uh you know unofficial visit um and see see what you sort of think from a body size perspective but you're not committed to anything that way there's a guy who just decommitted from utah and lamar radcliffe uh running back out of california as well um could be one that nebraska tries to bring in for a visit there's a kid down in hutchinson community college where they're also recruiting a wide receiver a special teams uh kind of ace and trey richardson his teammate Tyrell Reed uh, also played prep ball at, at Can- or in the state of Kansas. He is a leading rusher for Hutchinson. They're the number one seed, the the NJ Double C um, A, uh, and they're um, where's it double double NJC Double A. You got it. Whatever. It's nine in the morning. I deserve I deserve some grace here, folks. So, you know, there, there's options for them that are around. I don't know that there's anything that's going to be like, oh, you missed out on a guy that people felt could be maybe your number one running back very early in his career in Kawan Lacey. I just don't – I don't know that there's going to be a one-for-one pickup there. I would like to see them go into the portal and get someone who fits sort of a, a power component for your running back room because, you know, if you want that body blow thing to be real – you needed more than probably just Gabe Irvin. You're hoping that he would stay healthy. I don't think you can bank on Gabe Irvin. I don't think you can bank on Ramirez Johnson. I think Emmett Johnson is a nice complimentary piece, but he needs something to go with him. And I think they have to go find that in the portal. And I, the nice thing is with, with what they need at running back and wide receiver, I don't think they have to, you know, if you can get a star, great. You know, if you could fall into the next Kenneth Walker, fantastic. <laughs> if you can get Samari Toure, you know, hats off to you. I think they need complementary pieces that can help their offense, but they don't have to go get like someone that has to have the ball 200 times. Like I, they they need some extra depth, extra depth because they do believe in these young players. They're going to give them opportunities. So I I don't think that it it has to be you have to go get a star. That's the nice thing 
about where they're at roster wise, but it also kind of has to work. So you need to be judicious and make sure you get as good of a player as you can with acknowledging that it doesn't have to be like a superstar. And they're, they're more than likely wouldn't get one. I mean, I don't, it's hard. You know, we talk about how much money 1890 and, and everything that they have. I mean, Nebraska hasn't exactly gone in the portal outside of Trey Palmer, which was a unique circumstance and Samari Toure, which was before NIL and blown anybody away with who they pulled out. I mean, their best portal addition is Jamari Butler, who is on their roster, and they just prevented from leaving. I mean, mm. legitimately, that was their best portal addition for the 2023 season. So, um, uh, ben Scott. I mean, those are your two. Sure. Mm-hmm. Those are your, your one-two. And, and you know, Shave, I'm happy you brought up Ben Scott because I was thinking about the offensive line here because I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying about a quarterback, and, you know, they can't just come in and think like, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, I'm the missing piece or, you know, just the same with the running back. Like, you know, it, it's hard to kind of appeal to guys like that. But, you know, when you look at the offensive line and you see the – the upgrade that they made from last year to this year and you know we know that but how how do you like present that to guys either in the portal or even recruits and saying like hey look the o-line they're on the up and up and you'll be protected here you'll have big runs here do they have to just hear that from the coaches or can they see that themselves do you think i'm trying to wrap my head around that I think the easiest way is you take the overall stats from 2022 and then you just push them up against 2023. I think sacks are way down. um, And I would anticipate that your running numbers look a lot better. And so those two things alone, and then you can be like, we're going to have four out of five starters return plus guys that have, you know, experience. I, I think you can utilize the offensive line as a selling point by just doing the raw numbers. And if people want to go in and watch the games themselves and see what would be in front of them, then they're going to do that. But I don't know that you have to, you know, at least surface level. I don't know that you have to do a lot of window dressing because they're clearly better than they were last year. It'll also be a veteran offensive line uh, that you return to. Um, I would stop well short of saying that they're good. Uh, But I would, I mean, compared to what they were last year, Mm -hmm. it's hard to not say that they aren't very improved. And at least as you look at the offense, the most complete part of the offense that they have right now. I mean, they 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 probably know who their starting five is most likely to be if they're healthy at this point. Uh, you can't really say that about any other position on offense, save for tight end, and they were their own sort of disappointment in 2023. Uh, Shafe, going back to the recruiting class a little bit here, um, I know we had talked a lot about uh, Carlon Jones and the uh, the attention he's been getting from other schools. I know you know Carter Nelson had the Notre Dame visit and things like that. Um, is there is there any guys in this class that you're looking at as? Yeah, I'm not sure they're gonna end up actually signing with Nebraska. Like, who would those guys be at this point? The the two big ones, Ja'Cory Barney, uh, the wide receiver that committed to Nebraska in July, uh, committed to Nebraska over Miami, and then Arizona has been really involved there, and I think that's that's something to watch. But he's got a really good relationship with Garrett McGuire, and also um, his mom wants him to go to Nebraska. And generally in recruiting, moms tend to, to have a lot of say in what happens. Uh, and so the fact that she feels as strong as she does about Nebraska, about her son leaving Miami and going somewhere and, and just 
sort of getting out and seeing, you know, what else is out there. And I think that will help. Now, this is a big week. Coaches can go on a road starting Wednesday, I believe. Um, I, I've got to double check on that, but I mm-hmm. think it's Wednesday. And so you're going to get the opportunity to stop by multiple times the Barney household or, you know, the school and just continue to reaffirm what should already be known to him, which is he's an early enrollee, I believe. He can get here early. He can go practice right away. And he can put himself in position where he and Jaden Doss and Jalen Lloyd, if you want to use him there, can all play a little bit of slot wide receiver. I mean, Ja'Cory Barney played quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I believe he returned punts and kicks. Like, he is the sort of athlete that Nebraska needs to prioritize, even though they already have committed. Like, they need to make sure that kid signs. So, he's one of them. Um, Carlin Jones is another. I'm more so than Ohio State. I am fascinated if Mike Elko at, at Texas A&M mm. will offer some of these Nebraska commits that are in Texas that are nearby. Guys like Gibson Pyle, uh, Carlin Jones come to mind. Um, those are probably the top two. Uh, one's in Houston, one's in nearby Houston. And I, Carlin Jones has already been to an A&M game this year. He's good friends with the running back that committed last year, whose name is escaping uh, me, but he went to, to Texas A&M. They trained together. Um, I... I feel okay about Carlin Jones right now. That's one I'm going to check on today. Hope to have more information uh, at Husker 24-7 on that. But for right now, I think okay is sort of how I feel. But I'm, I'm definitely watching what Texas A&M does in the early days of Mike Elko because it's it would make a lot of sense for them to look at, okay, these guys are leaving the state. We need to keep some positions here. They, you know, go hard in state right away first year. Carlin Jones makes a ton of sense. Uh, Shafe, you mentioned some guys that can – possibly be uh, early enrollees in potential targets who is who are some of the guys in this class that you're most interested in that could be early enrollees that are already committed in nebraska yeah um so we know kalen's going to be there in the spring uh he'll be part of the quarterback mix i don't think he'll actually be challenging uh as a true freshman but he'll be in that mix so that alone is sort of always interesting to see carlin jones could be an early enrollee but in this case his mom wants to see him walk across the stage with his graduation class uh i think it's one of those situations where he'd be one of the few people in his family to have done that Mm. and so that's kind of one of those emotional things on top of it it's really good at track uh and so there's a chance that he might stick around but there was he would have the credits. He would need to file something, I think, by the 1st of December. So we're coming up on it uh, for, for Carlin Jones. Um, you know, and then from there, the wide receiver situation for Nebraska, I mean, it's it's Ja'Cory Barney. I think some of these tight ends are coming in early. I believe Ian Flint might be an early guy as well. Um, so we'll we'll have to kind of keep an eye on it. But Ja'Cory Barney would be the really big one, I think, uh, if, that, if that all plays out how it's expected. Shafe, um, Grant Bricks the latest on him because you know we see a ton uh, you know shuffling through uh, the recruiting mix with his name and and his connection to Nebraska but it's still yet to like you know the links are yet to be attached how can that get done well here's how it can get done he can just publicly make his decision (laughs) basically where we're at is it just so so that's where you really believe there's nothing else Nebraska can do if you're following the tea leaves right now, after an Oklahoma coach shows up to watch him play in a playoff game, he appears at a Nebraska football game. 
Um, and then a couple of weeks later, he goes to an Oklahoma game. And then he was set to go to, to Kansas State, Iowa State on Saturday. And instead, cancels that visit and is at Nebraska, Iowa for Black Friday. I mean, it just it feels like this thing is going uh, heavily in one direction. Um, you know, I, I'll take you back to the comments that Matt Rule made that he had, uh, you know, he had a player who wanted to join the program after the Wisconsin game. We mm. haven't seen a public commit yet. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying for sure that's Grant Bricks, but it sure feels like Nebraska is in a really strong position right here with someone that they've recruited really hard. And the entire time, Nebraska made more sense than the other places simply because he didn't strike me as someone who was going to go far from home. And Nebraska's proximity from his front door is about. 88 minutes so i i would be shocked at this point if it's not grant bricks for nebraska and i think we're going to hear something relatively soon sometime within the next week you mentioned that 88 minute commute to his hometown from nebraska are they going to give him the semi as part of his nil deal (laughs) Mm, i had not asked that but that is uh you'd have to talk with um with Selden Trucking, I think Monty <laughs> Selden is the one who who handles that and has for years. I just I don't know that he's in a position to just give away semis. Mm-hmm. But listen, if he is, and listen. the NCAA allows it, or if it's an NIL type gift, that's and, what I mean. And what we have is Grant Bricks is actually a semi truck driver apprentice, <laughs> and so you know when he's not learning the the art form of being an offensive lineman, you know he is. He's out there driving the truck and making sure stuff gets where it needs to be on schedule. Uh, you know, we we rely on our truck drivers here in America, and so we might be relying on Grant Bricks pretty soon. Maybe he's going to be an intern with the equipment truck people, and he can, you know, kind of work it in that way. It's a kind of a, a student work uh, kind of one of those deals like the rest of us had to do that would, that weren't on Division One scholarships. No, he'll have a I'm full just, ride. Or he doesn't or, need that. You know, I, he might need to get that uh, call Sap Brothers up, get him a gas card for that uh, semi as well, because that might be where it really gets him. I think there'd be a little bit of a fight if Grant Bricks just came out and said not only is he open to being recruited for football, but he's open to be recruited by a trucking company to <laughs> run the business. I mean, you might get you might get everyone kind of flying in on that one. Werner's knocking down their doors. <laughs> Here come the Hill Brothers. Everybody. Hey, Shave, quickly here. You mentioned an 88-minute commute. Try a four-and-a-half-hour commute. Uh, there is a quarterback in Algona, Iowa, that is still connected with Nebraska, the latest on Alex Mansky. Yeah, I talked with him probably about 10 days or so ago, and he remains – he loves Nebraska. I mean, he just has such a strong uh, feeling towards his coaching staff. I feel good about where they're at with him. He did say, you know, in our interview he – was hoping Nebraska would make a bowl game because one of the things he hasn't been able to experience yet on all of his visits, he wants to just go see a practice. He's been to a game day. He's been to recruiting events. He's been to a train or like to, you know, Nebraska's football camp, but he wants to go to a practice because he wants to see what it's like. Uh, he wants to see what Marcus Satterfield is like, you know, coaching and what Matt Rule does during this. And he wants to just see what a normal day would have been like for a football player. And so, um, you know, that's that's kind of where it's at with him, and he won't have that opportunity until the spring. But I think he'll be committed somewhere before then, and it could be Nebraska. Sorry, Shane. Mike J. Schaefer <laughs> from Husker 24-7. We appreciate people that recognize the out music. We will uh, talk to you again next week, buddy. 
All right, guys. Have a good one. See Shape. That's Mike J. Schaefer, Husker 24-7 Sports. Coming up next, do a little bit more Hurt at Hot Seat here Uh-oh. on Hurt at Sports Radio. <laughs>